We're going to turn to the book of Job and chapter number one. Job chapter one. Before we, in a moment I'll have you stand as we read the text, um, but before we do, I just want to say, of course, the book of Job, um, see if I can find my notes here. <laughs> the book of Job is obviously uh, a very powerful book. Uh, in my estimation, it's, it's one of the most fascinating books in the Bible. It really has become one of my favorite books in the Bible. I know a lot of Christians um, don't necessarily enjoy uh, when their Bible reading comes to the book of Job because it does read a little bit differently than the rest of the Bible. But to me, there's, it's just so full of really powerful truths, and we'll talk about some of those in a moment here. But I just want to say, obviously, if you're familiar with the Bible at all, Job is a man who faced incredible, incredible suffering and loss and pain in ways that most of us could never imagine. We could never imagine quite what he faced. And yet, even though we can't relate on the same level that Job dealt with these things, all of us can relate to some degree or another to just the difficulties that come in this life. This life is, is filled with hardship and uh, trials and difficulties come to us all. And whether that be in loss or health problems, financial struggles, job troubles, relationship problems, family problems. All of us face difficulties that sometimes we're just left wondering, why is this happening to me? And so uh, in, in coming weeks, uh, we're not going to go verse by verse through the book of Job, but I do want to take some time and look at this book and learn some things, just gain a biblical perspective on difficulties, trials, and suffering uh, from the book of Job. And I know that sounds so exciting, doesn't it? Um, but, but I trust that these things will be helpful because these are things that we all face. And, uh, and I trust that it will be helpful to you. So if you're in Job chapter 1, would you stand with me as we begin reading this morning in verse 1 of Job 1. The Bible says here, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters, and his substance also was 7,000 sheep, and 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses, and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all of the men of the east, and his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually... Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is 
none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, and one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain thy servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said... The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and thy servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon thy camels, the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another. And said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men. They are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Thank you. You can be seated. What, a, what an incredible first chapter of this book. What an incredible account of the life of an ancient man by the name of Job who sought to fear God and obey God in all that he did. This, this book, as I mentioned earlier, is, I believe, one of the most fascinating books in the Bible. If you were to read it, I'd encourage you to read through the book of Job and just take your time and consider the powerful truths that are contained in it. It's a book that deals with a man wrestling to understand why God works the way he does why, as so many have questioned before, why do bad things happen to good people? Why would God allow such tragedy to befall a man who is seeking to live right and do right and be right? It's a man honestly wrestling to understand who God is and how he works. And in the pages of the book of Job, we learn of God's dealing with man. And really we learn things about God himself that we find that we don't find in other parts of the Bible. There's insight to God that we gain from the book of Job that we wouldn't find otherwise. We learn 
about some of the spiritual, the, the, the workings of the spiritual world and the spiritual warfare that we face on a day-to-day basis. We find out how we ought to de- uh, respond to the difficulties and trials of life. But maybe more importantly than any of that, we understand, uh, we begin to learn of, in the midst of man's philosophy, we, we begin to learn how we ought to view the difficulties, trials, and blessings of life. We could say it this way, it influences our worldview. Our worldview is the lens through which we see life and, 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 and the happenings of life. And, and right here in this book, we begin to understand some of the depth of the meaning of life and God and how he works with mankind. If you have ever faced in your life difficulty, trial, tragedy, you've struggled with these things yourself to some degree or another. You've struggled to understand why these things are happening. You've struggled to understand exactly how you ought to respond and what is it that God is doing. And my attempt, and I will tell you this, it's a feeble attempt, okay, because there's so much uh, that is contained in the pages of this book. But my attempt over the coming weeks as we look at the book of Job uh, to gain a biblical perspective on difficulty and trial and suffering, I'm going to attempt to show you what God has shown me that's been helpful to me in learning how to deal with the trials of life. And so here from uh, Job chapter 1, I want to just point out a few areas this morning that we find in this first chapter that we just read. I want to first of all show you the reason for difficulties, the reason that trials come our way. And really, when I say that, I'll tell you that that particular point is a bit deceptive in itself. Because it's not so much that we're going to walk away and say, okay, now I understand uh, everything that's ever happened to me. All right? But I want to show you that sometimes we look at things differently than God does when it comes to his purposes and the way that he works. I want you to look with me at verse number one, if you would. In verse one, it, it introduces us to the man Job. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And notice the description of him. It says that that man was perfect and upright. That doesn't mean that he was sinless, that he was totally perfected. It just means that he was a man who was was complete before God. He was mature. He was upright. He was moral. uh, He was obedient. And it says, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. The word to eschew means to put away from him. Uh, This man, we are introduced to this man as a righteous man, He's an upright man. He is a godly man. Uh, Job is one of the only people in the Bible that we are introduced to initially with this description. Before you learn anything else about Job, you learn that he was a man that feared God. He was a man that tried to do right. And yet, in, in, in the midst of that, he faced, as I mentioned earlier, probably the most uh, weighty, the most troublesome, the most tragic uh, difficulties and circumstances that any human being has ever faced. Imagine in a moment to go from being a man of wealth and stature and respect, a man 
who lives in the blessings of God, uh, who, who has a family of ten children, and, 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 and you're, again, well-respected and, and has great abundance. And in a moment, in a moment of time, all of that is stripped away from you, and it's very obviously not just coincidence. This was the hand of God taking out from underneath you, basically, your footing, taking everything that you hold near and dear to your heart, and, and this coming to a man who was perfect and upright. A man who feared God. Now, it, to us, this seems so strange. And we've asked this question so many times, and it happens. Uh, it, 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 the, the question is raised in the world so frequently. Why is it that even good people face tragedies in life? And seemingly... Wicked people don't always have the same difficulties. Well, I want you to notice something. That's actually not true. The reality of the situation is that tragedy, trial, and temptation comes to all people. It comes to all of us. In fact, the Bible says there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Whatever it is that you might be facing today, you can be assured someone else is walking through the same valley. And yet, even for good people, terrible difficulties can come. I've known people, I have known personally multiple missionaries who were either on the field, serving the Lord, preaching the gospel, or traveling on deputation, raising support. I have known, I can count at least four, just off the top of my head, of these individuals, servants of the Lord, great godly people, who had a, a family member killed, either in a car accident or some other kind of tragedy, as they were going about trying to serve God. I've known them personally and watched that happen and wondered. God, here are people. I had one friend. He was, they, they were raising support to go to the, uh, the nation of Brazil. And they had most of their support raised. And in between one of their, their last meetings, they were in a car accident. His wife was killed. And you wonder, God, why would that happen? I had another friend who they were raising support to go to, to Iceland. And his wife as she was just about to deliver their fifth child, it was discovered she had breast cancer. And within less than a year, she was gone and left her husband and five children alone. And folks, we can talk all day about tragedies and trials that come, and I want you to know that those things don't only happen to bad people. They happen to everyone alike. We all face tragedies and trials and difficulties the bible says in in matthew chapter 5 speaking of jesus that he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust we all face difficulties and trials in life and and, and sadly, uh, it, it's hard for us to admit this, but even here in the book of Job itself, in chapter 5 and verse 7, we read these words, that man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Many times I've sat around a campfire and watched as, a, as it heats up and that wood will pop and those sparks fly up out of the fire, and every time they don't go down into the ground, do they? They go up into the air. I mean, it's, it's inevitable. It always happens, right? 
And every time that happens, I'm reminded of that verse in Job. Man is born unto trouble. I, I mean, you can just mark it down. This life is full of difficulty. Uh, chapter 14, verse number 1. Man that is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. Are you encouraged yet? <laughs> Probably not, okay? We're getting there, I promise. We really are. But I want you to know this. Just because, in other words, what I'm trying to say is just because you're facing something in your life and a difficulty, it does not necessarily mean that God is angry with you. You just need to know that we live in a world that is affected by sin, and sin has affected all of us to such a degree that we will all face different but yet re real trials and difficulties in our lives. It happens to all of us. And it doesn't matter whether you're righteous or evil, or whether you're rich or poor. This man, it, with all of his wealth, still lost everything he had. By the way, it's very futile to put your trust and confidence in riches. If God's blessed you with great abundance, be thankful for that, but know that that's not where your confidence needs to lie, because it can be taken away. And so here this man is dealing with this, and again, we're left to wonder, well, why? Why would this happen? Well, uh, th there is a reality. Sometimes in the Bible, we do find that trials and tragedy and difficulty comes because of God's judgment. God does judge people sometimes and will bring difficulty into their life. That, that's borne out throughout the scriptures. Sometimes it's not the judgment of God, but as a child of God, it's his chastening. In other words, he's, he's bringing us through difficulty in order to turn our hearts back toward him if we've wandered out of the way. Sometimes God is just working in us to, to try and mold us and shape us into the person that he wants us to be. Job said it here in chapter 23 in verse number 16. He said that, the, that God maketh my heart soft. He was able to say that one of the things that God is doing in all of this is he's, he's bringing about a tenderness in my life. Folks, I'll tell you that sometimes we can get kind of cold and hard. Uh, we become calloused, if you will, in this life. But there's nothing like a really good trial to bring our tears back. You know what I mean? to soften our heart, to, to get our attention, to, 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 to cause us to look to God and say, okay, Lord, what is it that you're trying to do in my life? And Job said in all this, God's making my heart soft. Sometimes God will allow us to go through things just to, 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 to make us into what he wants us to be. But ultimately, let me say this, in every case, there are always things that are going on behind the scenes that we are not able to see. When you are faced with difficulty and trial, here's what you need to know. God knows things that you don't know. God sees things that you cannot see. In this particular case, in Job's case, there was actually a spiritual battle that, were, that was taking place behind the scenes. And, 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 and this opposition between Satan and God, and, and, and Job happened to be caught in the middle of that. But even in the midst of that, God was still working for good in Job's life. By the way, it's wonderful to know, is it not, that even when the, the attacks that you are facing and the trials you're facing are a direct result of satanic attack and, and activity in your life, and it's the enemy who's trying to bring you down, 
that even in the midst of that, nothing happens without God's permission. You know that Satan here was not able to do anything apart from what the Lord allowed him to do. He had to go to God and ask his permission, and God had to say, yes, you may do this, but here is the bottom line. I want to show you uh, in verse number uh, 11... Satan says to God, but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. He said, Okay, Satan, you may have uh, the ability to take away his possessions, his belongings, everything that, that he holds dear to himself, but you are not allowed to touch him. And God put a boundary on it. Isn't it good to know that God sets the boundaries? And by the way, he's also said that, there, that, 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 that God uh, will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But that he will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. God knows what you are able to handle and what you're not. And he also has promised to be with you and to give you the strength necessary to walk through the valleys that you will face. And so God sets the boundaries, and you can guarantee this, there is nothing that you will ever face that God's grace is not sufficient to help you through. One person said it this way, that the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God will not keep you. Isn't that wonderful to know? And sometimes, God is working in a way that we just don't understand. I find it fascinating, again... We're not going to go verse by verse through this whole book, but I would encourage you to read it and consider it. Because for many chapters, I don't know, 30-some chapters, Job is, is trying to understand and reason with his human reasoning, why is all of this happening to me? And while at the end of the book, God himself answers Job and addresses Job and talks to Job and comforts Job, Never does God say, Job, let me tell you why this happened. I've heard preachers say, well, we, you know, with 2020 hindsight, we can go back and see why God was doing what he was doing. And I would say to that, we may, able, may be able to see some of the outcome of God's workings, but ultimately we do not know why God allowed what he allowed. Because God didn't say the answer is not there for us. And, 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 and I just want to say to you, it may be that this side of heaven, you won't know why. You, won't, you, you may or may not understand why it is that God allowed this to come into your life. But I can promise you this, the word of God is true and faithful. And he's told us in Romans chapter 8 that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose then it says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And you can be sure, child of God, that whatever you're facing and, and whatever the circumstances surrounding it, God is working in your life to make you more like Christ. The reason for difficulties we don't always understand. But I want to show you in Job chapter 1 that there's also a a resolve of our dedication. In other words, this is a test of our faith. Verse number 9, Satan says to, to God here, then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? 
Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. What, what, what is Satan saying here? He's saying, okay, it's easy for Job to say that he fears you and he trusts you. Because when you look at his life, you've done nothing but bless him. Can I tell you that it is easy to obey God, follow God, and trust God when life is smooth sailing? It's easy to say, I believe God, I trust God when the bank accounts are full and everyone's healthy and there's job security and, 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 and life is just good, you know? It's easy to trust God in those times. But friend, what about when the storms of life come? When you, when you go to the doctor for a routine visit and all of a sudden your whole world is turned upside down. When you get the phone call or the knock at the door in the middle of the night and your whole world is shaken and nothing is the same. When you're faced with unimaginable and, 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 and unsuspected difficulties, are you willing and able to say, even though I don't understand, I know that God has a purpose and a plan and I'm going to trust him because God is always right. You see, the test of our faith is not when life is going good and easy and smooth. The real test of our faith is when all of that is taken away. And, and what, what happened here with Job was that Job's faith was put to the test. Job, will you still love God? Will you still fear God when the blessings disappear? When circumstances change? Let me bring that to our life. When the, when the marriage isn't what it ought to be, will you still trust God? When your child goes astray, will you still trust God? When you're standing at the graveside of a loved one, will you still trust God? When you're faced with a job loss or foreclosure, will you still trust God? That's when your faith is put to the test. When the trouble comes, Satan said, hey, I know Job fears you. But that's all superficial. You've blessed him. You've put a hedge about him. Of course he's going to fear you. Take it all away and he'll curse you. He'll curse you to your face. Boy, am I thankful that Satan was wrong. I'm thankful that we have the testimony of Job. We're in the book of Job. Let's go to chapter 23, if you would. Chapter 23. Job 23, verse number 10. Well, let's, let's back up and go to verse number 8. He says, Behold, I go forward. This is Job speaking. Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. In other words, what he's saying is, I know God is there and I know God's at work, but I, I don't know where he is. I, 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 I can't hear, he's not speaking to me. I'm not hearing from him. I don't understand any of this. But look at verse number 10. He says, but he knoweth the way that I take. 
When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed his words, the words of his mouth, uh, more than my necessary food. What's he saying? Even in the midst of all this, though I don't understand, I know that when I come out on the other side of this trial, I'm still going to be standing for God. I'm still going to be trusting him. I'm still going to be following him and fearing him and obeying him. Even though I can't perceive it, even though I don't understand it, Job passed the test when his faith was tested. He remained faithful to the Lord. I, some of the most fascinating words in the entire book, I think, occur in verse number 22 of, of verse, uh, chapter 1. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. In all of the things that he was facing, Job remained faithful to the Lord. So we've seen the reason for difficulties and the resolve of our dedication, but quickly, I just want to look briefly at the response to devastation. When you, when you are faced in that moment of loss, in that moment of, of shock, where your heart drops into your stomach, you know what I mean? And you just go, what am I going to do? When you are faced with that, what is your response? Look at verse number 20, if you would. Job hears all of these things. Verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down on the ground, and worshipped. I will admit to you that I think I understand what it means to trust God in the trials. I've been through some pretty difficult things in the past, and, and, and I'm sure that there are more coming down the road. I'm thankful that the Lord has taught me that I can trust Him. And when I start to panic, I can look up and say, okay, this isn't taking God by surprise. He knows. I think, it, I think I understand what it means to trust God in the trials. But there's an entirely new level of trust when Job's first response wasn't to question, it wasn't to, to, to mourn necessarily, although the the, the, the tearing of the mantle and the shaving of the head was an expression of grief and mourning. But, but notice what he did. The first thing he did was he fell down on the ground and he worshipped. He worshipped. So many people, when life unravels around them, begin to, begin to get angry with God and curse God. And become bitter against God. There was something that Job knew. Even in the midst of all this. God is worthy of my worship. Look what he said in verse 21. Naked came I out of my mother's womb. And naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name 
of the Lord. God is worthy of our worship. His worthiness is not conditional upon our circumstances. His worthiness is is not wrapped up in all of the blessings that He's given to us. As proven by Job's response, God was not worthy of Job's worship only because God had blessed him with so much abundance. God was worthy of Job's worship because God is worthy. And friend, whatever it is that we face in this life, may I just encourage you and admonish you in this. God is worthy of our worship and praise and reverence simply because of who He is. And if we never received, if we never received any good at the hand of the Lord, He would still be worthy of our worship. But let's be real honest, folks. Every one of us receives of the goodness of God at His hand. Daily, He loads us with benefits, doesn't He? The air we breathe, the food we eat, the friends we have, the family that we have, the church family that we're able to fellowship with and find strength and encouragement in. I mean, I'm just saying, friends, he's blessed us with so many good things, even just here in this life. But how about this? Eternal life. The forgiveness of sins. The abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling Holy Spirit within us. Access to the throne of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. To be able to come boldly unto his throne and find grace to help in time of need. I'm just telling you, God has blessed us with many, many things. Despite what it is, friend, I understand this this life, man, sometimes we face some real difficulties. I've looked at people, even just this past week, looked at circumstances that people are facing and thought to myself, man, I'm glad that's not me. I'm glad I'm not in their shoes. I'm glad we have someone like Job to look back at and say, well, at least I'm not Job. Job didn't have that. But he still had God. He still had God. Can I just encourage you, friend, whatever it is you're facing... I want you to know this. Please know this. It may not feel like this, but know this is true. God is good. God loves you. God is working for good in your life. Seek Him. Bless His name. For He is worthy.